Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pursuing Greatness Podcast, a place where experts share their wisdom on living well by mastering your health, your wealth, your relationships, and your spirit. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone the best way to support the show is simply to share this episode with your friends and family. Also, if you want to learn more about Mastering Life, go to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. With that said, I hope you enjoy the episode. We have a very special guest with us today, so grab your pen and paper and enjoy the journey. All right, we are live. Today we have with us Preston Weeks. Preston is a professional business builder, strategist, closer, and expert marketer. He has adopted the mission to make the world work for 100% of humanity. His personal goal is to leave the people he interacts with happy, fulfilled, and complete as we make massive positive changes across the world, and he asks you to join his journey in reversing the unacceptable failure rate of the private business. Preston, thank you very much for hopping on the show today. How are you? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me here. And uh, yeah, it's, um, it's just fun to be here and talk to people and help them today through challenges and things that they're having. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, I'm super excited to have you here. I was reading through your bio. You have great experience at helping businesses, you know, reach that next level of success. Um, before we dive into that, I want to hear about your story though. So to get us started, why don't we, why don't you tell us and the people listening and watching what you do and how you got started down that path in the first place? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll tell you a little bit about how I got started and why I've been able to work with people, you know, amazing people like the people I co-authored my new book, How to Be Up and Down Times, Mark Victor Hansen and Mixie uh, Purdue, uh, who's uh, one of the owners of the third largest chicken company in the world. But, uh, <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah, how, I got, how I got there, you know, back to my journey was you know, starting from uh, basically by myself. I was trying to figure out how to pay for college and I'm, I'm a car nut. I've been a car nut since I was a little kid. And so... I always tell people to do what you love, and luckily I uh, fell into that early. I was trying to figure out how to pay for college, and I bought and sold cars to pay my way through school. And by the time I graduated from that, I couldn't get a job that actually paid me more. And so, <laughs> so I, were you were you just like were you just buying cars from like off of the paper and like Craigslist and stuff, and then flipping them? So when I was younger, ever since I could drive, I'd buy, you know, buy and sell cars online or different things like that. Well, they didn't really have online yet, so it was more the paper back then. But um, you know, to get a cooler car, so I, you know, because I, I love cars, so I trading up in the car, car world, get one and up a little bit, and get a better one, and you know, get a good deal, and so I do that, and then you know, kind of figured that out out of my passion for cars. And then I started actually officially being a car dealer. So I went to the auction. So the first time I went to the auction, actually, I, I didn't start with much. I had one $1,600 1999 Honda Passport. And I got 10 minutes out of the auction. And the thing overheated. I had a bad head gasket. I chalked up to a learning curve. And I go, okay, I, you know, I, I've got to figure this out because I put my money on the line. I, I fixed it, got my money out, you know, made it okay. Bought another car, sold it, kept reinvesting in myself until I could get two cars and then I could get 10 cars. And then I could get, you know, and then I grew it from there and I ended up having 15 different car dealerships and a bunch of different other, you know, companies that spun off of that, like finance companies and, uh, you know, paint shops and mechanic shops and things like that. So I, it's been quite an adventure and it's taught me a lot, you know, down that road and basically led me 
to where I am today with Operations X. So Operations X is to multiply your business. It's a business solutions company. So uh, I like to help people that are are trying to navigate that road. I've been down that, you know, that uh, road of, you know, figuring out those different steps of a business from going from one person to go to, you know, two people is a big leap, you know, to go to 10 people, you know, to go to, you know, 50 people in multiple locations, you know, those, <clears throat> those steps as businesses grow and how to deal with that and how to navigate that or how to get there, how to get to the next, you know, place. If you're, if you're a place in your company where, you know, you've got, you know, 20 people and you, you know, feel like you've maxed out and you're not quite sure how to get to that next step, that's where we come in and help and I help consult with, you know, businesses to get into those goals and things like that. But yeah. I, I love, love, love helping people and helping companies. And that's you know, one of the greatest things that uh, I've been able to do as a business owner is provide opportunity for people and to provide you know, jobs for people. And that connection to those people that I've worked with, I just appreciate so much. You know? And so I've been, I've been fortunate and I've been able to, you know, work through a lot of different things and you know, people have ups and people have downs and anyone that's been successful has had all, all of those things. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, it's what you keep doing. And so you know, I have, I have this mantra of relentless improvement. <laughs> I love it. No, I, I love that. And I really like your story. I mean, you know, we, you hear of so many people who, uh, who get started in business because, you know, they're going through a hard time and they just need their back is up against the wall. Um, yours wasn't really like that, but I like that you started with your passion. Like you really, you liked cars. It was something that you liked and you, you just got started down that path. You started buying one, fixing it, flipping it. And, you know, one thing led to another, to the point where you actually had car dealerships. And, um, I, I really like that, uh, that avenue of kind of a storyline because, you know, many people are thinking about starting their own business. Maybe they have already started their own business and they're looking to grow, um, but they don't know how to take that first step or how to take the next step. Um, and, you know, as you, as your story is kind of proven uh, many times when you're working within your passion, within something that you really care about, the next step just kind of appears in front of you. And so um, really like how you got started there. And, uh, and so going into operations X, it sounds like you, you, right now you guys are actually working with, um, with small, medium sized business owners to improve their operations and, and expand. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I'll come in and I, I can consult with companies. Um, we can provide, so I have an office set up actually in the Philippines. So it goes oh. back to actually 2010 was when I first started, uh, dealing with remote employees and remote workers. And now what's interesting is, and now with the whole COVID thing, you know, remote, the remote workers and remote employees, the idea has been proven, concept has been proven because everyone had to go home and work from home. And so now I don't have to tell that. I don't have to teach that side of it. Now it's more of a, okay, you know, do you, are you willing to you know, work with someone in a different area, a different country, uh, you know, those types of things. And, you know, so I have an office in the Philippines. So we place employees for U.S. companies. So we, we focus on four pillars. We do virtual assistance, we do marketing, we do calls, and we do accounting. And there's a million different jobs that spin out of those, you know, positions. 
um, you know, whether it's sales or, you know, whether it's a you know, virtual you know, executive assistant or a whole office, you know, front end assistant or different things like that. But yeah, you know, we can help guide you. But what I tell companies or what I, you know, do is you know, teach that efficiency, use the Pareto principle, which is like that 80, 20 rule. So 20% of your business, if you look at it really, you know, there's 20% of the work that actually makes money. And there's 80% of the work that's just kind of there that you do that's a necessity. It's a function of the business, but it's not anything that actually makes money. So like you and I on your podcast, we're talking right now, like that's the interaction. That's like the piece, you know, but there's all this back end, you know, if you take it off. Setting up the website, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Advertising, you do the graphics, you do the you know, the planning, you do the, all these things, you do the interviews for your people or whatever. There's all this back end, you know, work that needs to happen to get to that front end piece. Most businesses are like that. And so we'll take that and we'll look at your company and we'll go, okay, you know, what is that 20% that actually makes your company money? And can we take your core team that you have, you know, on the ground or in your office or, you know, whatever your high touch uh, team and, have them work on that part 100% of the time and take the 80% and take it to, you know, lower cost back end team. And then, you know, if we did that and it's not a big, you know, expense add into your company and we just multiplied your company 500% because, you know, everyone's focusing on what's actually, you know, mattering with making money in the company and doing that, you know, that thing. So, I was able to incorporate that in my car dealerships and my sales team would come in, you know, we do back end things. We put ads out at night, have, you know, 300 ads posted. And then at night sales team comes in the morning and the customers just show up. And so they could deal with the customer and that interaction and that quality relationship and, and get the sale to happen because they can listen to the customer instead of having to focus on all these other things like getting ads done and getting you know, so many calls done and this and that. So it, it worked out and it, it gave us that leading edge against all the other dealerships that put us ahead. Yeah. But, yeah and that's a, I mean, it's something that I personally really relate to because um, you know, I'm in, I'm in real estate on the other side of this and I also have the podcasts and um, you know, there is a lot of work that goes up to the point to where you're actually doing the thing that you are supposed to do. Like I'm supposed to, you know, be interviewing people and having a podcast or I'm yeah. supposed to be, you know, closing deals and managing properties. Um, yeah. but it gets, it, you know, there's a lot of work that gets up to that point. Um, yeah. that really is just busy work, man. It's like, I do it, but it's, it's, it's killer. Uh, right. Especially for releasing podcasts. There's a billion, billion and one things oh, yeah. to do. Yeah, that, that are just yeah. So yeah, you either have to pay, you know, for the automation or this or that or program do it or have someone do it. You know, so there's different things. So we can, you know, we look at all the solutions. And you look at like realtors or people you know, in real estate. You know, I help a lot of people in real estate, and you know, you have all those that busy work. You know, first advertising yourself, social media. Social media is so time consuming. You have to be there. If you're not there, you're not relevant. Yeah. And so, you know, who's going to sit there and who's going to deal with that? Are you going to sit there for, you know, eight hours a day to keep up with your competitor and, you know, out, you know, market them or outsmart them or out push them? Or, you know, can you hire someone that's a, a professional, that's a college grad and has, you know, multiple years of experience for, 
you know, it, at most of our, we just do in full-time employees, we pay them well, we take care of them, we give them good benefits and all these you know, different things like that. But uh, we, you know, most of our employees run from 1400 to 2100 a month. And that's it all in, you know, no office, no desk, no uh, computer, no payroll, no managers. We have site managers. We have one uh, site manager for 15 employees, but you know, you run them. So we make sure they are who they say they are. We make sure they show up and they work. And, and then you, you know, you, so you're actually getting the full value out of them because that's the biggest thing. The breakdown we've seen is, you know, with remote staff, if they have different, uh, you know, if they're not in a controlled environment, like we are sometimes, and this isn't always the case, but it happens often, they're working for four or five other people. And so you're not actually getting that, you know, that full value out of them. So you have a support team, you know, around you to you know, make your success happen. You've got a coach here to, you know, guide you through your success. But yeah, we, it, with realtors, you know, to handle the calls, to do appointment setting, uh, you know, we've hired, I've hired setters, just straight, you know, setters that call certain types of people for realtors and say, hey, you know, I'm calling on behalf of Gabriel and, uh, and you know, I'm his assistant. He does this, this, and this, and he'd like to meet with you. You know, would you like to meet with him at this time? You know, he'd like to talk. And uh, just fill your own calendar, you know, fill your pipeline. You know, all these creative things that you can do uh, when you have, you know, the ability to do that or the ability to multiply yourself and take away the things that you don't want to. Yep, absolutely. That's yeah, and that, that is another big thing. I mean, uh, with uh, being an entrepreneur, um, anybody who's started a business who's tried to, to launch their own thing, you know that managing your your time is important, but also managing your energy. Um, so if you're constantly in you know engaging in those activities that are just draining to you that really do not uh, liven you up, then your, your work day is just gonna, it's gonna drag on and you're not going to be at your best. Um, so being able to, you know, pass off those tasks that are draining to you that may not be draining to another person is, uh, is super useful. So I can definitely see that, that value. Um, I mean, I, I, there are a lot of uh, entrepreneurs who do listen to this show. And so I, I would like to just go into the kind of the nitty gritty, um, you know, you've already mentioned social media being a big time suck for, for, on, or for entrepreneurs. And I 1000% relate with that. Uh, you know, I was doing it myself for a long time. Um, but you're right. It, you do need to have social media as, as a, uh, a pillar in your marketing strategy. It's, it's just, it's not really a question. You have to have it out there for, for you to be really relevant um, in, you know, whatever industry you're in, social media is going to be a, a pillar in your marketing strategy. So um, go into kind of how, you know, take, put the hat on of a small, medium-sized business owner who does not have, who's kind of doing everything on their own. Um, and what is the process that they would take to one, find a good VA, um, and then two, like what, and hire them? Like what, what are they looking for? What kind of, uh, um, I don't know, just take us through your process. How does that usually work? Yep. So yeah, there, and I'll tell you, there's a couple different ways you can do it. You can go online and you can find people. Like I was saying, there's much, there's several different websites where you can go and, uh, you know, you can search people that are, uh, you know, virtual assistants or different types of skill sets and, you know, go find those people and they'll have like an hourly rate or, a, you know, 20 hours a week or whatever. And you can buy a certain amount of time and do kind of contract thing um 
you know, what we do is we do all that for you. So we're kind of an all-inclusive. So we make sure it's done right. We make sure it's done quality. We actually have an HR team that's based in the Philippines. So, you know, our team goes out and interviews the clients and we line up usually like the top two, maybe top three best clients, uh, depending on what the client's looking for. Uh, we also you know, interview the client to see what specific VA skills they need because you know any VA it, it's not it's all different it depends on what you're doing are you having them write a lot are you having them do social media are you having them do a broad different you know spectrum of things are they going to have to answer the phone um, you know a lot of the people that's what's nice about the Philippines a lot of people speak uh, really clean English so you know, we have a lot of luck with people on phone calls there that's why you see a lot of call centers and things like that based out of the Philippines because the people, it, pretty much anyone that's educated there speaks English. And so you know, most people there speak English. I mean, it's, so uh, it's really easy to find that in their Western culture, uh, predominantly Christian. So they have a lot of things that line up with you know, culture in the United States. And so it's easier to kind of bridge those uh, you know, two you know, societies and demographics you know, together uh, to get work done. So, so we've had a lot of success, but yeah, I've been doing it since you know 2010. But yeah, looking at that and you know, kind of to what you're saying, what you need to look for, you know, if you're going out and doing it yourself, you know, uh, you just want to you know be cautious and and keep a close eye on what's happening and make sure your productivity stays high. It doesn't you know drop down in two or three months when you're not watching anymore, and they go you know start working for someone else. Uh, but, you know, you can have really, really great luck. You can find really great people, too. But yeah, that's where we focus on that long-term relationship because we we also, on the other side, we, we give a great place for them to work. We pay them well. We give them benefits. Uh, we give them, you know, company parties. We give them annual bonuses. So we take care of all that and include it in just a flat month-to-month cost. So you can put your payroll. This is what's great is, you know, with us, you can put your payroll on a credit card. And so, you know, if you're a startup or if you're getting going and if you need, you know, a couple months of, you know, runway to build up into a company, you can put, you know, a virtual assistant or, you know, some role, a call person or salesperson, you know, on a credit card to get those sales built up those first couple months and, you know, get your business going or get that transition, get you through that transition period if you're an existing company looking to expand up, you know, your employee base. So you don't have to come out of pocket or different creative things like that. And so I don't recommend, I don't ever recommend going into too much debt, you know, with companies. I always like to stay cash positive if you can, you know, and, you know, work, work your company, work your money and build your wealth. Because, it, you know, if you're not doing that, then you, know, you can make money. But if you're, you're building a business that doesn't have debt, then you're building wealth. So. Yep, Absolutely. Um, I mean, so, I mean, you've gone, you have quite a bit of, uh, just business entrepreneurial experience yourself. So, I mean, you've gone through the ups and downs, you, you know, kind of like what the trajectory is. Um, I remember when I was just first getting started, I had, I just had like a, a vision of just me running to the top and like, and like not, you know, no issues, just like getting there, no problem. And then obviously, yeah. obviously you get into it and you start hitting road bumps and all that stuff. So, 
Um, I love hearing people's stories about, you know, the big lessons that they learned. So what were, what have been some really, you know, big lessons that you've kind of picked up over the years um, that you really did not see going into it when you started, you know, so many years ago in that car dealership? Yeah. Well, one of my, one of my big lessons that I learned that is one that always sticks out in my mind is a time where I was, you know, kind of expanding. I was growing. I, you know, switched around a couple different dealerships. I was running two locations at a time. I had 11 employees and I was just, you know, things were going really good in the company. Everything was great, but I was just going crazy. I was just working all the time. And I realized I was there one day at work and everyone's doing their thing and everyone's grabbing me. You know, my assistant's grabbing me. How do I do this person? I just jump over there and I just do it because I'm in a panic. I'm in a hurry. And my accountant grabs me and goes, hey, what's this? And can you review it? And I go check these things off and I do it. And then the detail guy's like, how do I get this thing out? And I go over there and I, you know, go, oh, do this. I just spray the stuff on. I do it. And, you know, so, and then I realized looking back at that and, and reflecting, I go, shoot, I'm just doing this stuff. I'm like literally just jumping in. I'm getting it done and I'm not taking the time to teach these people to do it and let them do it. And also to let them fail. Cause I knew I could do it. They're like the hard things, the challenges or whatever. I knew I could just do it fast, get it done. I'm kind of sometimes I get impatient maybe, or, you know, just want to yep. get that, like aggressive, you know, CEO or entrepreneur, you know, spirit when you're in the, you know, heated things and you want to get things done and you're in that productive go, go, go mode, then, you know, you're in the zone. And so you just do it, you do it, you do it. Well, you, you have to actually, as a leader, you actually have to step back yeah. from doing and you have to, you know, teach them to be, uh, you know, fishermen and you know, so they could go out and, and you know, do their own thing and they can actually, you know, build, they can actually learn. And so you can actually multiply yourself so you can actually eventually leave it, even though, and maybe it's not as good as you do it, or maybe it's not as fast as you do it, or maybe it's going to take them a month or four months you know, to get up to where they should be, where you want them to be, you know, doing it. You need to put that investment in that person so that you know they can do that and you can leave it. Because you know, I had I had built you know a bit what I thought was a business with eleven employees. It was growing and really I just built twelve jobs for myself. <laughs> and you know so that's that uh, you know part of that you know, that you say that that idea of work uh, on your business, not in your business, and that's part of that shift. And sometimes we have to do that and step back and look at what we're doing as uh, leaders or owners or managers or uh, those positions. Yeah, no, I, uh, I laughed because, you know, I've been there too. And I, I, that's a really, it's a really good lesson to learn and kind of a hard one to master because it's difficult. You're right. You get into the do mode and it's hard to like take a step back and go into the teach mode. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of that, the E-Myth Mastery book. Uh, I read that so many years ago and, um, yeah, great, great advice, great, uh, great lesson learned. Um, and hopefully it's, uh, you know, something that, that everybody, you know, once they, they go from the craftsman to the business owner can master, um, over time. Well, Preston, it's a quick podcast, 20 minutes and we are at the end. It goes by so quickly. So, um, yeah. We're going into the quick question round. This is where I ask quick questions and you give me quick answers. Starts right. off where I fumble around and go through 50 different answers that I'm, that I'm steaming through in my mind. I, I've never been uh, 
a quick answer person. <laughs> we'll see how I do. We'll see how. No I do. worries. As, as quick as you can, as you, as you can be. I'm too methodical. I'm a, I'm a, a logical. I, I say I'm an int- intensely uh, logical, creative person. But <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so the first one's easy. It's books. I'm a big bookie. I like reading books. You've re- you wrote a book, so you have to have read books before. So tell me, what are your two favorite books? One for business and one for life wisdom. Ooh, business. I mean, pretty much everything I read is, uh, is for business, but I mean, I love, you know, four hour work week and that goes by my pipeline, the whole Tim Ferriss uh, thing. And I love, uh, you know, E-myth, um, you know, those types of things. Uh, you know, if, if for life, you know, if you go back to a staple, I, I'm into a lot of that positive self-help and, you know, those types of things. Uh, I'd say, you know, if you, if you want a solid, solid staple that's just, you know, the Napoleon Hill Think and Grow Rich. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, is one that's, you you can go back and, and find a hundred different million references, you know, from that rereading that over and over again. So. Yep. Great. Uh, great, great recommendations. And also, um, shoot, I forgot the title of your book, but I got to give you a plug okay, right now because we're talking about time. books. So yeah. How, how do we up and down times? Yeah. You can check me out to operationsx.com. It's operations with the plural and the letter X. And you find my book on there. What's on Amazon and all those. Perfect. Yeah. How to be up and down times. I love the title. I mean, I feel like you should buy it just because of that. How to be up and down times. It's so many, it's so pertinent, especially to today when uh, it's August 25th, we're kind of in the middle of Corona time. So, you know, yep. you can be up in any downtime and definitely sounds like a good read. Yeah, um, no, that, that's, you know, that's why we wrote it. And it, you know, it aligns kind of with what you do on, on this podcast, but it, it covers your mind, body, and soul. You know, there's basically three kind of pillars that we cover because, you know, we look at it holistically. If you, if it all starts with yourself. If you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of someone else. And you can't, you don't have the energy to go, you know, manifest, you know, beyond. So, you know, we need to take care of ourselves, our mind and our bodies and our, you know, spirits and our, everything we can Absolutely. No. Yeah. I, uh, when people, I've been on um, a number of podcasts and they always ask me like, what's one thing that you would do for success. And I always say, uh, actually just get exercise, just go out and work out. Yeah. Um, which actually leads me to my next question, which is habits. Habits are the foundation of our life. So give us what, if you could pinpoint one habit that you feel has contributed the most to your life today, what would that habit be? So, Ooh, yeah, one habit. Yeah, I've got some mindsets and so, and then some different things. Yeah, well, well, yeah, one one that's kind of a habitual mindset is just to uh, you know not be be unstoppable. You know, not not be afraid. You know, to do anything, and that that really is kind of you know a habit. But you know, if you go back to habits, uh, one thing that I've really gotten into is actually uh, getting on. There's a cool one that some people know about. Some people. People don't, but if you look at a lot of successful people going back and you know, learning through mentors and different things like that, a lot of them wake up early. And there's a thing called circadian rhythm, uh, where you, you, know, you kind of the basic idea for those who don't know about it is to follow kind of the sun and be awake when the sun's up and you sleep when it's down. And uh, but I've done that living in Arizona. I moved down to Scottsdale, Arizona, 
and I'm in the beautiful desert out here. I love to go hiking and biking, and the mornings are so beautiful, but they're hot, thick. They're not, not eight months out of the year, it's perfect, but you know, right now it's hot today. So I have to go out in the morning, I have to get up, you know, I go out at five in the morning, but it's amazing to get up and to experience that. And now I've got on that circadian rhythm, I've been doing it for years, and uh, it helps me to get going, it helps me to get started, it helps me to get aligned. I wake up without an alarm at you know five five between five and five thirty every day. Uh, it kind of depends on the time of year and some of those things. But yeah, so it's it, I would say that's a great habit if you want like a hardcore habit to try. Awesome, I love it. Get up with the sun and go to bed when the sun sun yeah. sets. Or roughly after you. Know, I, I I give myself a little time, but yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, it'd be it'd be hard to follow if you're uh, if you're living in northern Norway or, or Alaska or something. But other than that, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, not recommended if you're in Alaska in certain areas. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Going on to the next question. Um, so if you could sit down with the Preston, you know, you know, picture yourself. You you're in high school. You just flipped your first car. You got that check, and you're like, "Damn, I'm making money." You could go back to that Preston, sit down with him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice going forward. What would that be? I would say, you know, one that's uh, kind of you know meaningful is to don't don't be afraid to fail. I think if you want to get into something that's kind of a heartfelt you know thing, you okay? We we get. Yeah, so I've always been such a positive go-getter. I've been, you know, my whole family's been kind of like that. We're kind of extreme, you know, positive people, sports people. We're all huggers. You know, get around, we're playing games, and we're doing things. But uh, which we, my family's amazing. But uh, you know, I, I've been of that mindset ever since I was young to go. You, know, go, you can do anything. You, you, you can, you're the best. You can, you know, win. You know, we've had this kind of, you know, winner mindset, which is great, which is positive. But at the same time, sometimes people, you know, can, because uh, everyone wins and everyone loses. And sometimes those failures can devastate people or they can change their lives. And so, you know, I've had challenges that affected me when I've been up and then had challenges go down and, learning to overcome those and go, Oh yeah. If you fail, it doesn't actually mean that you're a failure. I love it. No, I love it. Um, don't be afraid to fail. And that's a, that's really good advice for people just get, getting started because, you know, making that first leap is so hard. It's just so hard to like jump off the cliff. Um, but you know, if you're not afraid to fail, uh, it's, it's not as big of an issue and you can just, it's great to, well, the first failure is actually really great because then you learn, you know, I'm still alive. I can still, uh, I can still get <laughs> shit done. So yeah. it's good. Oh, it's a parachute. I survived. <laughs> exactly. I have another one. <laughs> Awesome. Well, hey, we are at the end of the podcast here. Um, so first of all, thank you for hopping on here. I appreciated the conversation. Um, I'm sure there's a ton of people listening and watching who want to reach out and talk to you. So what would be the best way for them to get in contact? Yeah, you can reach me at operationsx.com. Uh, you can email me at support at operationsx.com. It's support at operations, plural, letter X to multiply your business operationsx.com and uh, check me out on LinkedIn too so LinkedIn uh, and the energy guy there you go energy guy perfect company and yeah I've done a bunch of different things 
All right. So that is uh, operations with an SX.com. I will put that URL in the show notes below. So if you want to reach out to Preston, you can go there. I will also put his LinkedIn profile down there. So go through, click it and, uh, and say hi to Preston. Again, Preston, thank you for hopping on the show. I had a blast talking to you. For everybody who is here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. We couldn't do this without you. Again, the best way to support the show is just to subscribe, like, and share this episode with your friends and family. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks. Take care. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Pursuing Greatness podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show and got some actionable advice and insights that you can apply to your own life today. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to support us, the best way to do so would just be to subscribe to the show and share this episode with your friends and your family. If you'd like to learn more about how to master your life by mastering your health, wealth, relationships, and spirit, head on over to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. With that said, I hope you have an absolutely amazing day. Keep living in integrity with yourself. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.